Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this August the 10th, 2021, 702 on this Tuesday morning. Listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And uh, glad to be back with you on this day. Still having some some uh, some crazy weather out there. It's like a it's like a completely wet summer, like the monsoon. Like it's, it's like almost like a fr- it's been gone for so long that we've almost forgotten what it's like. It's wonderful. I'm loving it, and uh, I'm sure that it, you know it's funny because I was making the trip, made the trip back and forth on the I-10 over the weekend between uh, Phoenix and Tucson. Came down to Tucson to watch some practices and visit some with some folks, and you know usually in the median of the I-10, it's all this you know dry you know lifeless looking scrub you know scrub brush uh just you know just dead old plants you know and driving along and it's like something's different something's a bit different about this drive oh yeah the median is green <laughs> you don't get to see that too often along the A10 certainly not over the last 3 4 years so uh yeah but i digress uh we got a lot of stuff to get into today tons of sports to uh, to cover we today is a a day f- just packed packed full of football talk, both college and NFL. We have lots of uh, discussion and observations from Arizona football practice last night as Arizona football practiced in split squads. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But they uh, they practiced last night under the lights in pads, and there was a lot of reaction uh, from some of the eyeballs that were there at practice. And then we'll also have some uh, reaction to the press conferences that were made afterwards by coaches and players. Uh, Coach Duds, Keith Dzinski, and O.C. Brennan Carroll both took to the microphone yesterday, as did Anthony Pandy and Christian Young. So uh, we'll have some uh, we'll have some discussion about that. Talk about a lot of things going on at at, at Wildcat Camp, and I think maybe I'll, I'll kind of mention like the unsung hero so far, and the one person that I feel has made the biggest difference in this program. Um, I'll talk about that coming up in uh, in just a little bit. We're going to talk some NFL specifically. We're going to talk Cardinals camp. We're going to go deep inside uh, Cardinals camp. That's going to be at 7.30. We're going to bring on Tyler Drake. Uh, Tyler, a uh, good friend of mine, he's also the uh, sports the sports reporter, Cardinals sports reporter for AZ Sports up in up here in Phoenix. So uh, we're going to talk with Tyler. He's been at every single Cardinals practice, was at the red-white game over the weekend. We're going to get his in-depth thoughts on this team roster-wise. The depth chart was released a couple of days ago. And we'll kind of get a feel for what the Arizona Cardinals are looking like right now as they get ready for their first preseason game of the of the preseason uh, coming up this Friday as they take on the Dallas Cowboys. I also want to talk some uh, Major League Baseball as some headlines. The Yankees. I I, I woke up to this because I didn't. I, I was I was in bed pretty early last night. I'll be honest. Uh, the Yankees blew four saves in one game. And still won the game somehow. Taking on the Kansas City Royals last night. I don't think I've ever seen that before, heard of that before. They blew four saves in one game. Both teams scored in the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th innings. And the New York, New York Yankees uh, end up winning that, uh, that baseball game. What a bizarre night of baseball in Kansas City. Um, we now know, under, uh, understand why Terry Francona, of course, bear down. 
former Wildcat, why he decided to uh, step down from his managerial position with uh, the Cleveland Baseball Club. He had hip replacement. So, uh, yeah, we knew there was something something going on. And, uh, yeah, Tito had his hip replaced, so he's going to be out for a while. But uh, reports are that he's in good spirits, as he usually is. Um, <laughs> he's always got uh, – I, I know I mentioned – I saw him interact with the people, just, you know, like the, the security staff and the, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the usher staff or whatever at Scottsdale Stadium this spring. I'm the PA announcer for Giants spring training. And uh, I saw I ran into him because he, he came in through the front. Like he took like a special car or whatever. He didn't travel with the team, which I thought was odd. But now I understand he didn't want to go on the team bus. He had to be on a special car um, and things like that because of the, the pain that he was in. But he's always so nice to everybody. Like, he's he's so, like, he, you know, I mentioned yesterday Bobby Bowden, just one of the most jovial people I've ever been around, one of the most incredible coaches I've ever been around. Uh, Tito's kind of the same way. Like, he's super jovial, really nice to people, very cordial, talkative, you know, always in a great mood. Um, and, you know, they so they, they said he's in good spirits. I have no doubt that he's in good spirits and sees uh, Terry Francona. So uh, we wish him all the best in his recovery from hip replacement. I will also have my Major League Baseball power rankings, as I teased yesterday. Um, I've got my top 10 uh, MLB power rankings, which I'll display uh, today. There's only, you know, 40 or so games left, seven weeks left in the season. And uh, this is just the right time to start, you know, having these types of power rankings come out, in my opinion, um, give you a good idea of what I'm thinking as far as the best baseball teams in Major League Baseball. But I want to start with with this just real quickly, and I, I don't want to I don't want to hold on to this for too long. It's not something that a lot of people are comfortable talking about. I don't have a problem with it, uh, just because you know I've been doing this a long time and I, I deal with this uh, you know a, a lot. Um, the Colorado Rockies and the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins, sorry, played a game um, a couple days ago in Colorado. Now their outfielder Lewis Brinson was at the plate late in the game when apparently field microphones picked up a Colorado Rockies fan screaming racial slurs at the field during during Brinson's at bat. And the media storm that happened yesterday caused an uproar. I mean it was it was, you know, people like this need to be, you know, need to be meted out and taken out and, and you know, the, the Rockies are like, we're going to ban this person from the stadium forever from Coors Field. This is not acceptable, yada, yada, yada. And then I heard the audio of, because they released the audio of the fans screaming, and he's clearly, clearly not screaming racial slurs at Lewis Brinson or at anybody for that matter during the, I think it was the eighth or ninth inning of that baseball game. Now, the Rockies mascot, if you've ever been to a Colorado Rockies game or if you've ever watched one on TV, their mascot, a little purple dinosaur, the most annoying thing on the planet. Um, I th- Personally, I think it's it, it should be – Major League Baseball needs to do something about it. He's constantly behind the plate distracting opposing pitchers. I, it's There's no way that's legal. Anyway, <laughs> regardless of that, this stupid purple dinosaur, his name is Dinger, okay? A, a, a euphemism – uh, a, you know, a, a term for a home run. He's called Dinger. That's his name, Dinger. This fan was trying to get the mascot's attention. Uh, he was a couple of sections over, apparently wanted the mascot's attention. Look, 
People get sauced up at baseball games. It's baseball. It can be boring at times. I get it. You see the mascot. You get excited. Or maybe you got your kids with you, and the kids are trying to get the mascot's attention because they want the, you know, the, the attention of the mascot, whatever have you. The guy's screaming, dinger, 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 screaming the, the name of the mascot a- across the stands. And he's like, he's signaling. You can see the video. He's like, he's like hey, over here, over here. Okay? So the Rockies and the Marlins are like, we're sorry for the you know for the huge media storm that this guy this this fan uh, you know had to endure yesterday because people took to Twitter and all other forms of social media wanting to take this guy out back and have a drag with him uh, on a bumper somewhere. I mean it was it was getting ugly. Okay, so this poor guy had to go through all day yesterday like you're you know labeled a racist and all these other things when he's just trying to get the mascot's attention. He wasn't even watching the baseball game. So then. Lewis Brinson, outfielder, who didn't even hear it on the field, says, I didn't hear it. Nobody heard it on the field. The Rockies, or I think it was the Marlins, actually reported it to the Rockies when they were listening to the broadcast, said the field mics are picking up somebody yelling racial slurs. Reported it to the Rockies. Rockies listened to it. They're like, "Mm, we're going to talk to the fan. We don't know if he's screaming racial slurs or not. We've got to figure it out. But if he was, we're going to ban him from the field, all this other stuff. Okay. So Lewis Brinson, the outfielder who was on the field at the time, admitted he never heard the fans scream anything when he was on the field. And I get it, okay? Um, I was I was a, a, a bubble player, as, as I like to call it. I was a bubble player as well. I, as soon as I got onto the field, like, as soon as I stepped over that line, I never heard the crowd. I could only hear my coaches and my teammates. It just I was able to focus and, and kind of get in that bubble. It was really weird. It, kind of, it almost was like a physical manifestation. So I get it where he didn't he didn't hear the fans screaming this, okay? He goes to the to the podium yesterday to do a press conference and says, "No, I still hear him saying racial slurs." I can I can still hear that's that's what I'm hearing. So, Lewis Brinson, who didn't even hear it in the first place, you can obviously see in the video that the fan is screaming towards the mascot who's two sections over. You can clearly clearly hear him saying the word dinger dinger you can hear him screaming it he he says it like 20 times trying to get the attention of the stupid mascot and this player says i still hear the n-word that's a you problem dude that's your problem that's something that you have manifested on yourself and i get it there have been ages of oppression and things like that he even admitted he goes nobody's ever called me that so this is the first time i've heard it i i don't i don't understand why i mean i guess i maybe people just want to stir the pot i don't know i don't understand what lewis brinson's motivation is for refusing to accept the facts the fact is You can clearly hear this fan saying the word dinger, and Lewis Brinson refuses to acknowledge that fact. And then he backpedaled and said, if I'm, you know, if I'm wrong, I apologize to the fan. Dude, you guys dragged this guy's name through the media for 14 hours yesterday. This guy probably scared you-know-whatless in his home reading all this stuff like, oh, my God, what is this? I was trying to get the attention of the mascot. The Rockies cleared it. They're like, no, no, he's, you know, we have video, audio. We listen to it very closely. 
I, I, I don't understand why some people just feel the need to stir the pot, regardless of what the issue is. He says he, Brinson said he listened to it 50 or 60 times over the last 12 hours. Obviously, you weren't listening or you were just trying to hear something else. People are going to hear what they want to hear. Look, I've been in this business for a long time. I've done another business, an entertainment business, that requires people to listen closely to not only your instructions but to other things that are going on uh, at, at the entertainment venue. Okay? I can tell you that people's listening skills, in at least in America, suck. Listening is a skill. It's not a right. It's not something that's just given to you. Uh, it, it's obviously a skill. You can hear a lot of things. You have to be able to listen to things. People are going to hear whatever they want to hear. Obviously, Lewis Brinson wanted to hear racial slurs. Once he found out that there was an investigation going on about racial slurs directed at him on the field. And the fan wasn't even watching the game. The fan wasn't even paying attention to the game. Didn't care. So I, I hope I hope that, that eventually Lewis Brinson comes around and says, look, I apologize. I, I, you know, it's a sensitive time for us. However you want to frame it, dude, get this guy off the hook, please. He obviously was not, and you know, I'm not saying that the guy's not, uh, you know, doesn't have his issues or maybe he is a racist. I don't know. We don't know the guy. The fact of the matter is we know that he wasn't screaming racial slurs at the field during the time that he said that they said he was. So, Brinson, it's it's on Brinson now to come back and say, look, uh, you know, I I acknowledged after even listening to it more, maybe I was being a little sensitive. I was fired up after hearing that somebody was calling me this word, a word that I've never been called before, uh, and and I need to acknowledge that he was he was just trying to get the attention of the mascot, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. And, and I hope that we can move on past this. And, and I also hope that it brings awareness to other ballparks and people out there who may look to actually use those racial slurs. It's just it's unconscionable. I mean, it's look, it happens. I've been in stadiums where I've heard it before. There are certain stadiums that are way, way worse and a lot more disgusting um, than other stadiums and other venues and other cities in uh, you know across the country as far as this goes. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it didn't happen this time. This fan in Colorado who was dragged all over the media last night and yesterday needs an apology. Nobody's apologized to this dude. And Lewis Brinson's the, the, the one person who can say, yeah, look, you know, it was a misunderstanding. We're sorry. Didn't. Grow up. Start hearing what is really being said out there and not what you think you hear or what you want to hear. And owe this man an apology. Because that just, all you're doing is fanning the flames. You're fueling the fire. People are sensitive. I get it. Okay? And if, if, it, if it was even remotely close to being a racial slur, I could understand. This was obviously not the case. Obviously. Again, in, in my opinion... And basically 99% of the opinions who listened to the audio and watched the video of it yesterday. But one person, one person seems to not want to acknowledge that.
and he's the one person that does. Arizona football was back in action last night in the uh, under the lights. They donned the pads for the second time this summer or this uh, this fall, I guess I should say. Um, as the uh, the the Wildcats, they had a split. Uh, they had a split practice yesterday. The younger players, along with transfer quarterback Jordan McLeod from uh, South Florida, they practiced in the morning. That was a session that was not available to to uh, to the media. Okay. Um, so they, the younger people, the younger uh, players, the, in the the uh, and, and quarterback transfer Jordan McLeod, played in the uh, practice in the morning. This was obviously to a, a smaller group that allowed the coaches to have more detailed and hands-on coaching with that particular group, which is a great idea. And then uh, a lot of the vets and uh, returnees practiced at night. We'll talk about things that uh, that came about from the eyeballs last night, and also. My choice for the person who's made the biggest impact on this particular program, maybe not the program itself, but certainly one of the biggest impacts that I've seen on the field coming up after the break. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 each weekday throughout the ESPN's Tucson's programming. We're brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 every single day. More after this, you're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. I love the energy from the coaching staff that we're seeing at Wildcat practice. Specifically, you know, just the, the, the exuberance with which they take to the microphone and talk about their day and talk about their players. O.C. Brennan Carroll, okay, who, who just got here, of course, uh, as part of oh, – everybody just got here. Um, but O.C. Brennan Carroll, whom I've heard a few times in interviews and talk and stuff, he's very quiet. And even when I talked to Brian Jeffries over the weekend – and we were talking about certain guys, and I was asking them about, you know, what was his, you know, how, do, how has he been with Don Brown and all this other stuff. And we talked about Brendan Carroll, and he goes, Brendan Carroll's very quiet. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't like the media, doesn't really show up on the microphone. He just, he's really, really quiet. And then he gets on the microphone yesterday, and he's blah, 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 and he's, he's excited, uh, and he's, you know, talkative, and he's loud, and he's really out of character from what we've seen so far from Brendan Carroll. I liked it. Um, and he, like I said yesterday, that the fans need to just be patient. People need to be patient with the progression of the quarterback group. Uh, he said, literally, he goes, we're a day and a half in pads. We're just getting started. It, basically, relax, everybody. Take a page out of Aaron Rodgers' book, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And we're going to find a quarterback. It's day one and a half in pads. So I like the exuberance there. Obviously, uh, Keith Dodzinski, Duds. Brought some uh, brought some heat as well, and uh, just loving what I'm seeing out of these coaches and the energy and exuberance that we're getting from the coaches. They're very excited about their team, their players this season, and you love that because the last couple of years, you know, you get a coach up there and like, man, today's a pretty good practice. We had a couple guys show up, had a couple guys sit out, and overall, it was pretty good. Any questions? Nope. Okay, thanks. And then it was just like, and it was like nothing, just no life whatsoever at practice. These days, we have life. There's, there's excitement. 
these coaches, and, and I love this, when coaches are excited to talk about their players, and they have talked glowingly about many of them, uh, and I don't just mean just to prop guys up. These are actual coaching. This is coach speak. These are, this is not a, a group of coaches like we're going to make these guys feel good about themselves by, by talking about how good they are and all this other stuff. No, no, these are coaches who are giving honest accounts and assessments of the players that they're seeing. And I thought Anthony Pandy delivered a, a really fun uh, press conference yesterday as well when he was asked to talk about some of the players that, that he's playing alongside and I love what he had to say about uh, Wazoo transfer fullback Clay Markoff when they brought up Clay Markoff. He's like, oh, Clay? Yeah, he brings it. Like, we, we got into it here in the, in the team session uh, right down here at the goal line. He brings it. Yeah, no kidding. You seen that dude? He's a bowling ball. Love it. Very excited about Clay Markoff in this offense. It gives, it's really going to give them that USC look, right? Like, Brennan Carroll, obviously, going to be bringing some of that USC look, some of that pro-style offense, give him the fullback, the tailback look. He really brings that attitude to the field now with the offense. Love to have him here. Very, very happy to have him. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Cardinal camp. I'll continue Arizona football camp. I got a little, a little tangent on the, uh, the dinger thing earlier. Um, I just wanted to, you know, look, I just express my opinions here, just having – conversations talking with you guys about stuff hopefully it opens up some people's eyes and we can get to talking about other things uh but we will talk arizona football practice coming up uh a little bit later in the show but next we're going to dive in to arizona cardinal camp everything going on up in uh, glendale with the arizona cardinals we're going to be joined by tyler drake sports reporter from az sports next you're listening here to the jeff dean show on 1490 am 104.9 fm espn tucson back to the jeff dean show on 1490 am 1049 fm espn tucson welcome back here to the jeff dean show espn tucson talking some cardinal football as uh, the cardinals get ready for their first preseason game of the year preseason week number one coming up this Friday against the Dallas Cowboys. I want to get a closer look at Cardinal Camp so far 2021, and no better person to do that than uh, my good friend, sports reporter from AZ Sports, Tyler Drake, joining us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. First of all, congratulations on your beautiful baby girl, uh, you and Mackenzie, uh, just uh, welcoming the newborn in less than a month ago, right? Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, just over three weeks now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, okay, is he going to be awake? I mean, he's got a newborn. Of course he's going to be awake. I just don't know how alert he's going to be. So <laughs> good to have you joining us, man, and uh, and appreciate it. And want to dive right in here because I think the burning question that is on all NFL fans' minds when they talk about the Arizona Cardinals, you know, he hasn't shown up on the depth, depth chart yet. Larry Fitzgerald made an announcement a week ago that he's going to be co-hosting a podcast with Tom Brady, but nothing about anything returning to the Cardinals. What's up with Larry Fitzgerald? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. Uh, not really a whole lot I can report on over here. Seems like the door's open for him. It's just a matter if he, he wants to walk through it or not. You know, because they've got some pretty good depth, uh, really good depth, actually, at, at wide receiver. And I know a couple of guys are banged up uh, – uh, right now, and that's to be expected. Kind of, you know, and these guys are all just, you know, kind of a day-to-day situation. But with DeAndre Hopkins, of course, AJ Green that they brought in. You've got Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, uh, and then you got rookie Rondell Moore. And the depth chart is is pretty good. 
and you don't want to sit there and say that future first ballot Hall of Famer wide receiver wouldn't be in the mix, but just you know, how important would he be in addition to this offense as it stands right now? I mean, just his veteran presence and just his, his abilities of just being that leader and, you know, being the guy that's going to go put the football down and make sure it gets snapped on time. Kind of that role player, you know, still that's, I mean, that's unquestionable. That's always what you want to have. Uh, I mean, this, this wide receiver rooms, it's pretty, it's pretty stacked. I would say uh, AJ green coming in. He's looking really good. Yeah. A little banged up, but looked solid to begin with rookie Rondell Moore is a highlight reel. Every practice that he's been playing in, he's missed a couple too now, but yeah, you know, it, it would be interesting to see how it would all, all mix together. But obviously if Larry wants to come back, he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They just have to write, find the right, uh, the right, combination of playtime money and all that kind of stuff it would be his final season uh, in the nfl a lot of people are you know kind of in the same boat when it comes to fits a lot of people in the valley a lot of people in the state of arizona a lot of people are just nfl fans would love to see a guy like larry fitzgerald win a championship and therefore i think some people think that maybe he should go play somewhere else in his 18th nfl season yeah i mean the 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 destination that is the hot topic is Tampa Bay just because of all the, uh, all, all his connections out there. But I, you know, I just don't see Larry doing that. He's been here for so long. And I just think he's, uh, if he's going to play, it's going to be out in the desert. That's just, that's my personal opinion. So yeah, that's what I think. Cliff and Kyler are entering their third season together in Arizona. Is this an offense that can, can see, uh, succeed at the NFL level? I, you know, I've been talking the last several days about, how I don't think that Lamar Jackson is the type of quarterback that will get you to a Super Bowl victory. They may get you deep into the playoffs, but that style of football, that style of quarterback is not conducive to winning championships in the NFL. What is the thought around Cardinal camp about this type of offense with Kyler Murray pulling the trigger and Cliff calling the plays? So right now I would say this is he's got the best opportunity to get him into the playoffs. Kyler's got the weapons now around him. He's got the, what I think is the biggest uh, biggest signing or acquisition this offseason was Rodney Hudson. Just that alone, yeah. as the, as your starting center, he's going to help his his help Kyler's game so much more as he's evolving in year three. And you know, I think I think they're a playoff team if they can stay healthy. They they look really good on paper. It's just a matter of you know, can they get fifteen, sixteen games out of out of their main guys? Is the feeling around Glendale and around the Valley that this is possibly Kingsbury's last chance to to keep his job as a head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? If if they, you know, if they have another six win or seven win season this year and miss out on the playoffs and finish dead last in the in the NFC West, which is look, I mean, there's three great teams in the NFC West. If you if you finish fourth to those three, it's it's not terrible. It's not the end of the world. But you know, like you said, with all this talent around them, they spent a lot of money in the off season. Could this be his last chance to keep his job? I mean, they 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 put everything around him to do it. So I think if they have a if they have a similar season of last year, like maybe maybe back up a little bit, then I could see them kind of taking a look. But if they can if they can stack another season of at least and like you said, NFC West is stacked. It's always going to be stacked. It's one of the best divisions in football. So I think if they can stack another good season, I. You know, wild card is not definitely not out of the question for him at all. So they can stack another season, get into the postseason. He should be safe. If not, and if they have kind of a lackluster season, you know, you got to look at it. 
they they've got a better roster for Kyler than what I've seen when they started or when he first came into the league. So that alone kind of is, is your your talking point right there. Do you get the feeling like many people around around like the valley, and I think there are some people even kind of that are familiar enough with the situation at Cardinal at the Arizona Cardinals that. Kingsbury and Kime are kind of hitched to the same wagon. Like if Kingsbury goes, Kime's going to go too. You know, I I keep going back and forth on that. I think I think there is, and especially like going back to the roster construction. I think right now, yeah, you could say they're probably they're probably hitched to the same wagon at this point. Um, I could see if they felt like they needed to go in a different different direction, they could give Kime maybe a little bit longer of a leash. But you know. Yeah, I'd say right now probably hits to the same wagon. Joined by Tyler Drake right now of uh, sports reporter of AZ Sports. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at TDrake4Sports. That's at TDrake, the number four sports. Uh, talking Arizona Cardinals right now, Cardinal camp coming up. You've mentioned a couple of the of the newcomers. Rondell Moore, who was a second-round pick, wide receiver out of Purdue. You said that uh, he's a little banged up, but he's been a highlight reel. Talk about the two draft picks, the two top draft picks. Of course, Zayvon Collins, who's been put as you know LB one on the on the depth chart uh, heading into uh, to preseason week number one. Uh, talk about the two new draft picks for the Cardinals. Yeah, so uh, Zayvon, he's you know he's coming along. It's it's what you would expect with the rookie. You know he's he's flying around, he's running with his hair on fire, but it's it's more about getting the details down right now. Uh, Bill Davis was talking. And, you know, he said, you know, that's, that's been the biggest thing for them at this point. And then, you know, come Friday, we'll, they'll see what, what he can do. But all, all signs are pointing to, you know, he's getting the calls out right. He's uh, making sure the defense is where they need to be. Uh, you know, both, both players and coaches have talked highly of him about him, you know, figuring it out. It's just, you know, obviously growing pain. And then, yeah, rookie Rondell Moore, I'll be honest with you, he, he kind of reminds me of a little Larry. He, yeah, he's the tiny. way he carries himself. <laughs> He's yeah, tiny. Rondell Moore. The way he carries himself is just, uh, just, just really, really professional, uh, very humble. But he, he's got the talent to you know back everything up. So they should be really excited about these rookies. I, I, they they're showing that they they are they're coming along nicely. Now I thought that that Moore would be more of a slot guy just based on his size, but they've got him as an outside the numbers guy. Is that where they're lining him up in practice right now? You know, I, they, I, I, they're just throwing him a little bit everywhere, kind okay. of just see what he can do <laughs> and can't do. Um, he's actually, and he's and he's doing it in the return game too. You know, they're putting him out there in the return sure. game too. So you know, he's he's doing a little bit of everything right now, and I think that's I. You just want to get reps at this point, and he's by far getting a ton of reps, especially with other guys getting banged up and a couple guys started on the COVID list for training camp. So you know, he's getting he's getting more than enough reps to you know really get comfortable in this offense you mentioned Rodney Hudson who I thought was the unsung hero of the the free agent signing for the Cardinals this year which was vast they had a lot of free agents and a lot of big names who I think are the less important names added to this roster of course like AJ AJ Green JJ Watt big name guys and they will contribute but I think most importantly were guys like as, as you mentioned Rodney Hudson you had to get somebody to replace Patrick Peterson they went out and got Malcolm Butler and fans were just incensed with the kicking of Zane Gonzalez over the last two seasons. They went out and got Matt Prater, a, a, a proven veteran kicker, um, in free agency. Talk about the free agent acquisitions and some of the new guys that uh, that you're seeing in Cardinal uniforms this year. 
Yeah, so right now, you know, J.J.'s on the pup list, so you can't really see a ton from him. But, you know, he's out there being a leader, being on the sidelines, talking with everybody. You can really tell that him and Zach Allen have a great relationship already. You know, they're always chatting with each other. Uh, for those who are worried about kicking, Matt Prater is looking really, really good. He actually has a very funny technique that he does. He has two goalposts he shoots through. One of them's uh, less than half the size of the normal goalpost. So he hits that first, and that helps him. Uh, he says he aims small to miss small. So yep. that, that's pretty cool. And he, and he was actually five for five at the red and white practice, so that's always a good sign. Uh, and then, yeah, A.J. Green, man, I, I think that he could, you know, injuries. But if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a huge piece of this offense. I think he is a solid number two to pair with DeAndre. I mean, the dude's basically a number one if he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's always been great. He's always been had that great catch radius. And, you know, A.J. Green, you know, the one thing about him is I think when you, when you talk about using the 12th man as a defense, using the, the, the sideline as your 12th man on defense, I think that's where he's most dangerous. He, he has made his living just eating corners for lunch on the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. And, that's, and, and, you, and you have DeAndre Hopkins on one side, and he's getting a bunch of attention. I mean, you've got A.J. Green and matchups you want all day. Talk about some of the participation level of the disgruntled players. I'm talking specifically about Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. What, what have they shown in, in Cardinal camp so far? Chandler Jones does not seem like he has uh, got any contract disputes or anything with the way he's carrying himself out there. It's, it's pretty uh, it's refreshing to see. You know, it's, he's out there. He was doing sideline yoga with Buddha Baker doing handstands the other day. So, you know, he's out there having fun. He's out there chatting with people. He's out there waving to fans. Uh, and then yet Jordan Hicks, you know, Bill Davis, again, he, he said he's had his best camp that he's seen so far. So the guys, the guys just coming in and going to work, you know, kind of a weird situation of not even being able to, you know, fight for the starting job. But it sounds like he's coming in and kind of trying to be a mentor and just being that team player that that they've seen in him before. I know this is six and one half a dozen of the other. Do you think Jordan Hicks? is fighting for a starting job, trying to beat out Zayvon Collins, or do you think he's trying to get the best deal for himself in a, in a, in a, a basically a preseason acquisition to another team? Well, from what Jordan said, he was, he, he said he was never given, he's not, he, sorry, let me re back, back that up. Uh, Steve Kahn called him a couple days after the draft and said, he's not going to be able to uh, compete for the starting role. So yep. obviously take that how you will, because player said it but obviously uh you know it's just i i think he's probably playing for somewhere else but i also could see him sticking around and being being you know maybe not a starter but a, a really good role player for this team that would be interesting to see because you know he's a guy that has started a ton of games in his career and his career is far from over he's still a, a very talented player so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on uh, on something yeah like it's that. an odd situation yeah it really is um, any injuries of note, anything that's, uh, that's kind of lingering that people may be worried about, people are talking about a little bit more than they should? Um, probably I know Christian Kirk Winters. is banged up a little bit. Yeah, he, he came back yesterday. He, he's looking like he, they eased him back in, so he okay. should be good. Uh, you know, we should find out about Rondell and AJ here in probably another maybe 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, who else is out James there? James Conner? How, how's Conner looking out there? Connor's looking good. Yeah, Connor's looking good. He had a couple of big runs in the red and white practice, okay. so that that was solid. Um, looking like he's ready to run. He's such a uh, Brian player. Winters at the right guard. 
Okay. He's uh, he's been out a couple weeks, but uh, you know Josh Jones is really coming along at the right guard spot. I think he's uh, he's right there for that starting role. So it's it's just a matter of you know how the preseason goes and and him just seizing the opportunity. Tyler, is that the one open position on the offensive line right now? That the one that's kind of still up in the air, the the right guard position? Because I'm pretty sure left tackles. Uh, shoring up. I know center is shored up. Justin Pugh at, at uh, left guard, he's solid as it gets. Um, is that right side still, the, like the entire right side, I guess I should say, right tackle, I think is still open as well, isn't it? You know, I'd say right guard is probably the the, the most open okay. of the positions. Um, yeah, just with Brian Winters, uh, Justin Murray's in there too a little bit, and, uh, and uh, uh, Josh Jones. So, yeah, I think yeah, and I mean the injuries to Murray and uh, Brian Winters have, have moved Josh Jones up there into the, in with the first team, and all signs are pointing to him doing really well so far. Now, obviously, Tyler, you you know you you cover the team. You've looked at the schedule, seventeen game schedule this season. Uh, looking at how strong the NFC West is this year, of course, the Rams bringing in Matt Stafford. He, they, he might throw for six thousand yards this year in that offense, especially without <laughs> Cam Akers. They may have to throw the ball fifty five times a game. Uh, to win football games your projection what are you feeling for the Cardinals this year record wise standings wise where do they end up once the, once the, the dust has settled at the end of this season you know I man I'm not so I, I'm it's a tough one I know yeah. I know I, I need I need to see a little more from the I need to see Stafford in action with that team before I can anoint them any kind of position Obviously, San Francisco's got quarterback issues, but everybody's still considering them favorites. Seattle, Seattle. Uh, for me, I would say Cardinals, at this point in time, I see them as a wild card team. Okay. And it could be a situation, I, I know I saw yesterday where one of the like one of the power index rankings has the NFC West like a 4% chance of getting all four teams into the playoffs this year. <laughs> hey, that's just that tells you how good the competition is in the NFC yeah. West. And yeah. it's, it, you know, it's uh, it's like going back to the days when Seattle made the playoffs and they were under 500. They were still a decent team and <laughs> went out there and, and made some noise. But yeah, yeah, you they know, won a game. <laughs> I don't see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see the Cardinals. Oh, man, you know, I I just don't see them in fourth place this this year in the division. Though I just they, they're too they have too much talent. And obviously the injury issues. That's something that that'll be something because you know there's always that little bit of in the back of the minds of everybody. But, you know, I would say, yeah, I, I, for me, I put them as a wild-card team right now. Okay. He's Tyler Drake, sports reporter from AZ Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports, at TDrake4Sports. Tyler, appreciate your time, man. Go enjoy practice. Go get a, catch a nap when you can and enjoy that, uh, that beautiful baby girl <laughs> you got at home. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Uh, yeah, you too. Tyler Drake right there of AZ Sports, uh, been covering the Cardinals for a few years now. He's at practice every single day. He gets to see the, the, the team go, uh, you know, on, on, on a daily basis. With the, it was at the red-white. And I had heard good things about Rondell Moore, the, the, the rookie wide receiver. Again, he's, he's like, I, I'm not kidding, he's like 5'6", folks. He's tiny, like really, really small. Um, and sometimes those guys can be a problem. They get lost, especially – in zone coverages and things like that. If he's if he's smart and he works hard enough, and it sounds like he is, and he's making big plays, he could be someone who's a real kind of a, a safety valve for a guy like Kyler Murray. If he scrambles and doesn't have anywhere to run, if uh, if they've got a spy on him, um, 
you know, a guy like Rondell Moore could be huge coming back to the ball for Kyler Murray and get them some cheap first downs throughout the year, which, you know, seven or eight of those add up throughout the season and could be the difference between two wins and two losses. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on Cardinal camp as well. And we'll, we'll bring Tyler on again probably at the end of the preseason, just before the, uh, the regular season begins, and uh, get his thoughts and, and his insight on everything going on at Cardinal Camp. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Final segment of hour number one. Thanks to uh, Tyler Drake for joining us here, talking some Cardinal football. You know, he, he seems to think that based on what he's seen, and it, look, he's not alone, based on the level of talent that the Cardinals have, it's hard to deny that they are a wild card caliber team. I mean, they they truly are. And I, I don't know if they're ready to take that next step. And you, in the NFL, you never quite know exactly what's going to happen. We've seen worst to first every single season. And I know that the 49ers were technically the worst team in the division last year. I don't know if the 49ers are going to win the NFC West this year. Again, it's the most competitive division in pro football. Uh, And it has been the last couple of years, and it just got even more difficult this offseason. All four teams upgraded this year. They all became better. The 49ers became better just because they got seven guys back off of the injured reserve list. I mean, you know, the, they've lost more starting snaps to injury than any other team in the NFL last year. So just by getting healthy, they got better. The Cardinals are going to be a nightmare for defenses. They really are. It's, it's going to be very difficult to figure out how to cover everybody and keep Kyler Murray in the pocket and make sure that the backs aren't going off. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be an issue for teams – defensively they've got their work cut out for them Uh, obviously the best way to to beat an offense like the Arizona Cardinals is to create situations where Kyler Murray has to make decisions quickly on the fly before he can escape the pocket okay the way you do that is by pressure up the middle pressure up the middle is going to be one of the biggest issues uh, for defenses this year can they get pressure up the middle the Cardinals went out and got themselves a multi-year all-pro center in Rodney Hudson. So they've shored up the, the middle, the anchor of that offensive line, which was huge for them, and it could pay dividends, could pay bigger dividends than we know. So, it, it'd be it, it, look, they are definitely one of the more interesting teams to watch this season just because of the we-don't-know factor. They've got all these pieces. Somehow they were able to get all the – and if Larry Fitzgerald comes back – that makes him even that much more dangerous because, of course, he's not going to be dazzling people with his speed or his breakaway ability. But like Tyner was saying, look, he, he's, he's that veteran presence on the offense, a guy who will spot the ball for the official uh, so that they can get back into their offense before the defense can make adjustments and things like that. And also his hands are just ridiculous, like you know, top three all-time best hands in, in football history. So anywhere near the goal line, he's dangerous. Anytime there's a third and short, you don't want to just assume run or quarterback run because if you have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald who can get early separation of his strength and his savvy, he's got the hands to reach out and catch a three-yard pass for a first down and move the sticks. He's just a, a, a dangerous player in that sense. That's what he's become if he does decide to rejoin the Cardinals, if they bring him back. So 
you know, incredibly talented team. Defensively, we'll see. Uh, you know, I the depth chart is it's interesting. Um, you know, Tyler, we, we we asked him about Chandler Jones, and he says it doesn't seem like he's embroiled in a contract dispute whatsoever. He's having the time of his life out there, and he's ready to play. And if Chandler Jones is focused, now again, that's if that's a big if because Chandler Jones shows up for usually about half of the games of the season. Now, in those eight or nine games that he shows up for, he gets two and a half sacks and wreaks all kinds of havoc and forces fumbles and stuff, and he's one of the best players in the game. If he can put together a, a, a full season like that, he's he's got defensive you know player of the year you know accolades, and uh, you know it, it could really change things for the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons, in his sophomore season, um, it'll be interesting to see what he does at that at that rover position, but again, I, I think the most important the most important piece to watch here is Malcolm Butler. He's your number one corner. He's CB one going into this season, alongside uh, on the opposite side of, of of Byron Murphy. You had to replace Patrick Peterson with somebody. They got Malcolm Butler. Now Butler has been a guy who has been counted upon for his entire career. He started a ton of games. This is his eighth season in the NFL. He. I think he's played all 16 games in a season except for once. He's got a little wear on the tire. He's 31 years old. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to hold down the number one position and hold down receivers uh, in the NFC West and, of course, the other other teams they play as well. they got 11 other games that aren't NFC West teams that they got to worry about, and they're playing a uh, third-place schedule this year are the Cardinals. So we'll continue to keep an eye on Cardinal camp and keep you updated on what's going on there in Glendale. Coming up in hour number two, a lot of Arizona football to talk. We will continue our discussion based on the practices that happened last night. Wildcats are off today, but we'll talk about some of the reactions from players and coaches. That's all coming up next in hour number two. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes right here on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. 